Welcome everybody to a brand new Breaking World of Warcraft. I think this is episode four. Episode number four. four and yes. uh, you should probably already know everybody by now. You've probably seen them in Discord and chats. Big Theory Crafters, Big Brains. On YouTube, on Twitter. And yeah, we totally recommend you guys check all the previous episodes that we had. The topics are still relevant and uh, you might be getting a little bit of insight. But with that out of the way, let's kick it off because we do have some burning topics to cover today. Yeah, I think the talk of the week uh, definitely was the new affix announced and uh, we we had updates and changes and uh, obviously the boys that are uh, on the podcast uh, today uh, have a lot of things to say. Hey, I made a rhyme. How about that? I'm a rapper now. <laughs> God damn, up. I'm so good. So uh, let's let's just kick it off. We're going, we're going to talk about the, the new affix with the latest changes, obviously. There's some uh, specific spicy uh, points to touch upon, you know, CDR and all that. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So I know we'll, we'll, we'll keep the tradition here. We'll start it off with Guilty as because he finally finished his room and he's anxious to talk about the new affix. So Guilty as, first thoughts on what's happening here with this uh, M plus new affix. Uh, I think the affix is a cool concept. It's the, the when affix of an M plus have been good is because they've been like kiss curse. They've like enabled you to do things that you couldn't do otherwise by suffering through something. So like the Nile author affix was very similar. It enabled skips when you didn't have a row. That was cool. This affix has kind of some of that, but it's kind of done worse than Nihiloth. So there's some, there's some there's some cool stuff about it, but it's definitely awkwardly tuned. For anybody who doesn't know what the affix is, can you go quickly over it and uh, just explain it really briefly? Sure. So in certain packs around the dungeon, there are three relics, they're called. They're like uh, boxes, pylons, pillars. And when you kill, you have to kill them, obviously. And the one that you kill first um, will give you a buff. It's obviously, each of them do something to to you while they're alive. So I think one of them does damage to you while it's alive. The other reduces damage of mobs around them. The other gives mobs around them haste. And then the one you kill first um, will give you a buff based on which Well, one it doesn't you give first. you a buff. It, it spawns a big guy that you kill. Yeah. And then once and you then kill the big the guy, then you get the yeah. buff. Yeah. So it's and a little only happens if you but... kill all three. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so it's kind of yeah. like Infested that we had in, in, in some respect in that they have something attached to packs oh, yeah. in the dungeon. The, Except the now when you... The relics is what right. dictates what buff you, you get out of it, effectively. Mm-hmm. And there are three options, like you mentioned. So. Yeah, it's Haste, CDR, or a Stealth. A Stealth. Correctly. So I think they, they added... It's damage like, reduction. Damage reduction. Yeah. yeah, and the other one is CDR plus mana reduction. Yeah, so it's 15% damage, damage reduction... Auto stealth when you're on combat for 20 seconds. Uh, cooldown reduction to 200% and restores 10% HP and mana every second. Uh, that's only a 10 second duration buff, though. And the haste one is a 15% haste buff. Um, it also does also, damage now. Yeah. To, like, drops random damage on things you're targeting. Yeah. Well, I think it also, or, or heals a friendly target, I think, as well. Yeah. Public, since you've uh, started explaining on it, what, what's your thoughts on it so far? What do you think? I definitely like the idea of kiss curse affixes. I think I I don't know if I totally like the idea of like like they're very small buffs, right? So you really have to and some people might like this like you're going to have to plan your routes pretty, you know, specifically around okay, we're going to kill this here, get this buff. Um and then you get it for, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. So like right after you kill that big mob that might be trucking your tank, you immediately have to go to the next pack. Um so that might be a little weird. I think I'd prefer it if it was like 
an item that you got that you could choose when to use it, like individually as a character or like some extra action button type thing. Um, so I think that that part's a little wonky, but you know, so it could be better, but I think because of the kind of the strictness of how it works, I think it might limit your options a bit more than you want. I'm also afraid that everyone's just gonna always pick the haste buff every single time, like especially in pugs, and just forego the other two options. Uh, even though the healers really want the one that gives HP and mana every second, uh, I think everyone's just going to pick haste every time. So I'm a little, I think that's my one of my biggest concerns. But yeah, fair enough. How about you, Mandel? What what do you think of this? I, th I know you give an example of you know great in theory, pretty bad in implementation. Or well, you're even stealing my thunder on this one? No, man. Wow. I just I just read it, man. <laughs> it's all yeah. Love. I mean. On, at least in my opinion, there's a lot to unpack on the affix. And like, in theory, it's a great idea, but it's going to be led down by a lot of implementation details that will basically screw over pugs. So from a basic perspective, the, the fact that the relics themselves are hostile in the groups means that you effectively have to deal with three additional mobs. And also they prevent some of the skips that you are able to do uh, right now in season two. So, for instance, if you go in mists on PTR, you'll see that the the pack that you normally uh, where you normally CC one of the mobs and walk past, you can no longer skip this. You actually need to shroud, invis, or warlock gateway through it. There is no other option. So Which I don't mind. I mean, it does. You know, changing routes from season season that's to season, changing routes. I think is okay. But that's yeah. one of the things that's usually a really good thing when they do it. With yes, them, but to actually switch up from the routes that everyone's been doing for like a year. Yes, I agree. But this pack is the hardest pack in the instance by quite a very large margin. Yeah, so, and, and what you're saying, it's it's already hard, and they've effectively added three buffs additional to it to make mobs. it even harder, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. and, and then, they're not insignificant by any means. Like they they severely make the pack hurt. Um, yeah. it's like way worse than Investable, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when we did the the mists on PTR, we ended up spawning the uh, the gunny guy, the Vi uh, relic uh, mob. Halfway that's the haste buff the, guy. That's the haste buff guy. Yeah. The so uh, for those who haven't done the affix, the the three mobs that spawn. Uh, so when you kill the three relics, you get a mob that spawns based on the first one that you killed. And the mobs are deterministic. So there's a Vi relic, there's an Ur relic, and there's a Wo relic. And each one of them spawns a different mob. The easiest one out of all of them is the Wo relic mob, which basically just melees the tank for a tiny bit and has a cast every 12 seconds that you need to kick. Like, big deal kind of thing. Then the Ur mob is basically a tank buster kind of guy, where every, I think it's also every 12 seconds, there's a tank okay. buster cast that you just need to basically, uh, your tank has to put a CD up of some sort to mitigate some of it. I think it stacks too, right? So you have it to does stack, yeah. somewhat fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The real problem is the third one, which is the Vi Relic, which is the haste buff uh, right now. It was the haste buff, uh, sorry, it was the cooldown reduction buff on the previous uh, build of PTR. I think it's haste now, yeah. It's haste now, and it's going to be a real problem because it's the most dangerous of the three mobs. So the guy basically shoots randomly at people in the group and it does a significant amount of damage and every 10 seconds or so he teleports to a certain place and lines up a big, not very visible line between himself and the person. And if you're in it, you basically die. 
And he jumps like kind of far too. So like the yeah, weird yeah, part yeah, about like, him, it's yes, he's the one that you want in terms of probably like DPS output. He's also going to be like one of the hardest to kill. And yeah. when he teleports around, I mean, he's not playing around. Like he will go halfway across the room if he needs to. Um, yep. So you have to like actually prep for that, spawn him in a good spot and potentially kill more packs than you would have otherwise or differently. Um, so, the other thing as well is each of the relics, you have to deal with them first because the relics are also doing stuff Yes, so the pack, before yeah. you do them. Because the, the, you've got like one relic that's that's firing randomly, like just dealing damage. One buffs them with, with haste, I think. Yep, and, and the, the other one reduces the damage that they take. So you, mm -hmm. you do the relics first. So you've got one of these big robots doing these mechanics for the duration of the pack. Yep. So when we did the mist on PTR, we accidentally killed the wrong relic. Because that's another problem with the affix. The relics have very little health and they take full AoE damage equally. So it's very easy to accidentally kill one of them and end up with the wrong mob and the wrong buff by accident. So yeah, we did that on... Yeah, yep. you want to kill one first, like just open on it. Yeah, 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 like you fully open on it, but it's going to be a nightmare in Pugs. Because Pugs will see a lot of health bars and go, I need to pad. So this actually happened to us because we had an Outlaw Rogue and the Outlaw Rogue decided to kill the, the right relic, but ended up critting on everything else but the right relic. <laughs> so we ended up with Vi in a pack with the Bowbreaker, two Cleaver guys and a caster. And the, the shooty block, the Vi guy, ended up spawning while the Bowbreaker was doing the AoE. Three people died. Yeah. That's also considering that all these relics are there, because there's three whenever these are in a pack. There are, while it doesn't affect everyone anymore, there are still some capped AoEs going on. Yes. And those can fire onto those relics, which is also obviously reducing the damage that you do to the other packs, uh, the other mobs in the pack. And the e top other damage that can be way overkill in some cases. Yep. Like Outlaw is a good example. Enhancement now is like very relevant w with its new kit. These are things that are quite irritating and maybe they should be more like, like explosive. Yeah, because like Shadow's new tier set is just more mindless AoE. Like it's not, I can't control what it hits, right? And that's how my AoE works already, um, as does probably almost every other person's AoE. So. Yeah, making it work like explosive would be cool. Or if, or they could also go the other way, right? And just say, okay, the relics are now set in stone. There's only one relic per pack, like just straight up. Kind of like it is with Tormented, where like, yeah, the mobs are in set space, like positions in, in the dungeon. They could do the same thing with the relics, right? And just, yep. you know, force you to get the haste guy here, force you to get the CDR one on this pack and, and so on and so forth. And then it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. In terms of the, the relic diversity in dungeons, and having done all of the dungeons, it feels like they put the relics in the packs that you normally don't kill. Which is, it's a really good idea, but it's a terrible execution problem. Because I'm... there's a reason people don't kill those packs. Like, take yeah, a good yeah. example, again, in Mists, the left villager pack. The one that you always just walk past, because the other villager pack is easier. You're not gonna change it just because there's three relics, because suddenly the pack got harder. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the other point I'd like to make is that like while Kiss Curse Affixes can be fun, I think making dungeons harder um is is really I don't know, you're you're kind of maybe biting off more than you can chew, because it doesn't always make it more fun. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's the challenge with something like this is I think getting buffs to your character and like being able to do higher keys, that sounds pretty fun. Um, but making the key harder in the process might disincentivize players from even trying to buffs in the first place. Yep. And then to top it all off, there's the problem with the, the strength of the buffs, which you've hinted at already, where the biggest point is actually the mana region. So the haste buff is valuable for everybody and the extra proc damage is valuable for everybody, even your healer. The CDR buff is not really valuable, but your healer wants it because it's a, it's a full drink in 10 seconds. So it means that they don't have to sit around for 15 seconds to drink. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. straight up 100% of your mana and health comes back in 10 seconds, yeah. basically. Yeah. I, I push back on that the CDR isn't valuable. I think it's wildly different how valuable it is depending on okay, the yeah. your group. And that's really dangerous. So, like, when you look at some classes and some specs, they already have built-in CDR. They don't need any more because they are fully functional without any. And then you have other specs, like take an example, like Venthyr Demon Hunters are going to be really popular next patch. Pressing meta, massive AoE burst, but it's not available very frequently. So if you get CDR on them, that could alter your routing and how much AoE that Demon Hunter could do. But if they're the only one that wants CDR in the whole group and everyone else wants hate, suddenly you've got a conflict. Of, well, I want this relic and I want this which one do we pick who can kill it faster oh, <laughs> yeah, you have that's, that that's what it's going to yeah. come down to yeah. oh man i see myself i mean it's that. not even that much cdr right it's like 30 seconds of cdr but 200 percent is... for 10 seconds right so yeah that... so you get 30 seconds off so you get an extra 30 seconds off your four minute cd but it can in some cases it's super impactful like katha and i were messing around on it and like it maybe turns if out... it allows you yeah Maybe. If, if it breaks double, points, Vesper, break points double you, bond in one pull. If it breakpoints you into being able to press it at the start of a pack versus not with something like Venthyr Havoc, that's an enormous difference because of just Actually. how much damage uh, yep. AoE Simple Brand does. But I think and what we're saying is because, because it's static 30 seconds, right? It, it, you know, it could be really good for people with low CDs, but like with meta, 30 seconds off meta, not that it's a drop in the bucket, but it's much less impactful than, say, anyone with a one minute or two minute cooldown because then you're yep. just firing that sucker more often since so, it's not a percent of your cooldown off it's a you, here's 30 seconds off yeah i mean what up's point is about like hitting a break point like maybe you suddenly have met for a fact that you needed it for which is like fair enough um, yeah the, the real strength on that one is for anybody carrying with strong covenant abilities because you combine the cdr you combine mechanicos and you end up being able to press the button two or three times per pack Right, you're, cause, and then you also get all like the soulbind buffs that you get for yes. pressing that button more often, yep. right? Yeah. So you guys mentioned uh, that this can be... Oh, no, the Kisker's mechanic kind of reminds me of... Obviously, we had Kisker's mechanic as well, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of the 9.0 mechanic, where right. after a certain time, people were just ignoring the things because we're just taking way too long because we're talking about, you know, higher keys and higher keys. Since the buffs are so small, do you guys think that... Uh, I mean, is there a drawback for uh, for ignoring these boxes or do they stack up to like a boss buff and in the end, like, you know, tormentors and stuff? I don't think there's any punishment for skipping, right? Like, there's no, like... Yeah. No. No, it's... The relics are worth 0%. They don't do anything if you don't kill them. There's an interesting bug on PTR in that the, the relics are not linked. So you can oh, uh, technically bug yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can kill two relics without killing the third one. 
and Perfect. then decide I'll come back to it, kill the relic, get an extra mob, and profit. That'll be interesting. I, I, I'm curious I what, what Pentia thinks of all this. Pentia, you, you've been awfully quiet, man. Do you, do you have any any ideas on this? I've I've not done any Mythic Plus on PTR, so. Oh yeah, I forgot you only raided on the PTR. Still, still, we'll, we'll, we'll get to raiding hopefully on that. But like. Um, it was mentioned earlier about target caps. You know, quite a lot of tanks are target caps still. So, if you take Protection Paladin, for example. You go in with Avenger Shield. You don't know where it's going to bounce. Could kill the wrong relic, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think um, um, Public mentioned this as well. Like, uh, specs like Shadow. Uh, and I can think of a couple of other ones as well. Like, where you cannot really control your AoE damage. It, it might as well, you know, end up in, in a big mess. And the thing with the CDR... You, you, you could just not AoE. I mean, that's an option. <laughs> yeah, but... Could, I mean, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think what my experience was, obviously, Venthyr has become really good for enhancement. And when yeah. I did any like any of these dungeons, you obviously fire Chain Harvest immediately because it's got such a low cooldown with all of the things going on. Chain Harvest does, like, two-thirds to three-quarters of a Relic's health if it crits. And it probably will crit because you're at, like, 70% crit. And that's incredibly volatile because that could be any any single like sliver of extra AOE on any of them, and that one's dead. And that happened so many times that I just couldn't press it. Yeah, you combine that with a divine toll from a prop paladin, and yeah, you've got you've got relics dead galore. <laughs> We've had this more than once while testing, and it really wasn't fun. There's another thing with it is that the buff is applied when the automat dies. And in two of the cases, the buff is either not long enough or it happens at the wrong time. So, yeah. like, for instance, the 15% damage reduction would be great if it was a minute long, because then you would be able to use it for something. Or if As you could control it, right? Like, if it was, like, yeah, an yeah. item or a button you could press rather yeah, yeah. than just getting it. Yeah, because, like, a ton of mechanics in Mythic Plus are just burst damage either on the group or on the tank. And it comes sort of predictably. So if you had that, for instance, on a boss, and you could trigger it at will, having a case where you need a cooldown for something, I'm thinking like third boss of Sanguine Depths, for instance, which does a ludicrous amount of AoE damage on the group. If you had that button available, as opposed to having to kill the automat exactly the right time and RNG a win, basically, would be like so much healthier. I think it'd be a lot of fun, right? It's like you, you have three unique items in your bag, like you can only get one of them, and you, your group is like, okay, we know the last boss of this tyrannical dungeon is like really hard. So we're going to kill an extra pack to get an extra buff, yep. right? Just to like save up that slot and get so we can get more power for the last boss because we know it's hard. Right now, you can't really do that except for one buff on the opener of that boss, which I don't know, feels pretty lame to me. And it's only going to be for like what, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. So I don't know. I'm not sure. It might just be. Like, yeah, like you met, someone mentioned, people just might just start skipping them because they're not fun. Yeah. yeah. It's going to have the same problem as Infested, where you're just going to play Metal Gear in Mythic Plus. <laughs> the, the, the idea behind it all is, is quite good, though, where you would pick the yep. relic contingent with what you need coming up. Like, that concept is really good, and it would create, like, some clever pathing if they were better designed or like most importantly the trigger mechanic was better designed or they had a bit better parity so to, to fix this like the numerous issues that the fx could pose and when it comes to its implementation public uh mentioned uh 
a way of controlling the buff either by an extraction bar. I'm thinking, you know, tour guest empowerment thing. It can show up on your on yep. your screen, the kind of stuff, and you can just activate it when you need it, or you activate it for a group or an item in your bag. Although I can see issues with my bags; they're always full. Um, this is in the in the in the sense of controlling the buff. Um, when it comes to like uh, what I mentioned, the balance of the buffs, because then you might end up just picking the haste all the time. And uh, what, what what do you guys see as a solution to to let's say the the balance between the buffs? So it might be worth picking A now, B later, C sometime after that, or something like that, instead of just Before. picking B all the time. Before we talk about solutions, let's talk about the real problem, because haste or CDR is not that important in the grand scheme of things. The grand scheme of things is everybody will hate healers and healers will hate everybody. <laughs> so uh, as an esoteric fix to it, instead of the relics being immediately active when you pull a pack, they could be interactable like the torment orbs in the current effect you turn them on and the person that turns them on gets an extra action button going forward so you could decide to only turn one on or you could turn two on and then you've now got two group buffs going into the next one depending on when you activate it or you could turn all three on and then you get three buffs if you do that uh, making the relics not your choice would actually be nice so that for instance in pack number one you have the haste buff or the haste relic and you can kill it and then pick it up and use it whenever you want. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, they could also make it like infested, where like infested, the mobs like were just normal mobs, right? So like they didn't die in one second or two seconds if you targeted them. So you could give that one negative buff to the entire pack until you actually kill that one mob that gives you that buff. Um, so they could do something like that again. And then again, control which buffs are attached to which pack. Um, also, again, if you make it an item or a buff and you give it like a unique cap of one, you you could be incentivized to do all three because, you, you know, getting stacking two wouldn't do anything. You could chain them together, I guess. But um, so I think either one could could solve it, too. Because if you could, say, get all three buffs as an extra action button from one pack, but you have a really difficult robot after, that means that the damage reduction one as a, as a group defensive isn't something that would be disincentivized anymore. It would be, well, we take the extra effort to make this pack really hard, but then down the line, we now have a group DR button, yep. which we can now aggressively pull and make the time. Like, that creates a really interesting dynamic. But They could also it make it work right like now, the Kyrian relics in the Necrotic Wake, where, like, you, you have a bunch of extra action yeah. buttons, and you can yeah. chain them together, right, if you get multiple of them. So they can't, they already have this tech, right? I do think there's potentially an issue with like that many extraction buttons working in like dungeons and stuff, but they can probably work around that. Yeah. Well, in those that's, cases, that's it could be an item as as well, like yeah. how it works, because then there's just three keybinds and you just chuck it out. But the idea of having more control over it is much more interesting. I agree. It should be looked at in that terms. And they should really tune, like, I know we're complaining about the healers going to make everyone hate them and everyone's going to hate healers, but they should tune them more significantly. Like, the stealth one is clearly, like, it has a situation where this is going to be the best option, because... Yeah, like, very specific, you know. Yeah, like, there's going to be packs which you want to skip. Like, great, that's that's just going to be that. It doesn't need to be tuned, really. It's just and, a sharp situation. Like. And yet, that one forces your tank to endure two-plus minutes of the tank buster, dude, for you... 20 seconds after the dude dies, which means that it needs to die last. 
you overvalue how much I care about my tank suffering. Bearing <laughs> 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 uh, in mind, we yeah. already we already have a precedent for things like the damage reduction relic, which is tormented. Like when you look at tormented routing, how many times do people just avoid Sagadon completely? Yep. Because we don't need any more DR. We're all fine. The tank just gets to suffer. He has to deal with it. Sorry. Like, right, but it's not proof. just DR. Well, the more well, relevant part is the stealth. No, the, uh, the the damage reduction one, the stealth bit, yeah, you can use it to skip things, but the, the duration, that's going to be like entirely route independent. But the DR part is something that a tank could like potentially make a lot of use of. You'd never want to use that one. It's never going to be used for the tank. If it gets used, it's going to be for the party for an AOE mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, that, that's why people kill Sogodon in Mythic Plus. Like, whenever they kill it, it's not because the last boss is too dangerous. It's simply because the, the uh, effective health on the entire party from the shield is way more valuable. And that's why I think, like, comparing these guys and balancing DR, CDR, and haste is always going to be kind of a crapshoot especially and very comp dependent right which is why i think i'd prefer they actually somewhat remove the choice entirely by either you know giving you all the buffs as like use it when you want to they're static um or you know making you making it kind of like tormented where like yeah this pack gives you this buff period right um that way like by removing the choice you give players more choice if that makes sense rather than like yeah. waiting for you know dratnos or whoever to tell everyone what which ones to get where which isn't fun, in my opinion. Even though it's right, no, nothing wrong with that. But uh, you know, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because like you turn a two-dimensional, very variable choice into a one-dimensional, very fun choice. It kind of feels a little bit like this is not the effects to have at the end of the cycle, because them trying to force up the roots that have already been very firmly like set in stone, and forcing you to do packs and harder that they don't want. If it was at the beginning, people don't know what the, the hardest pack is. They can play around. There's more of a reason to like experiment with it. Whereas mm. putting it at the end, now you're trying to shift it up in the worst way possible. Because I don't know. I haven't done Dungeons in forever, away. though. Well, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, in, I don't know. In my experience, yeah. it, it also comes after... like This is arguably the weakest of the Kiss Curse of the three, this expansion. But I think it has good potential, though, is what we're what we're saying. Like, I think it's a, it's a really good idea. Like in concept, it's a really good idea. It just needs more polish. Yeah, like, I think putting yeah, it on the whiteboard, it like, fantastic idea. Like whoever came up with it, really good. It just isn't quite there. It definitely needs more. I think it's better than tormented. If I'm honest, tormented was fun for the first time you did each dungeon, and after that, it's boring after that. This is yeah. this is going to be the same though. Like the the roots are going I, to basically stagnate, and that's it. Like in, I, instead of having a tormented mob, uh, basically once a dungeon, you're going to have uh, mini bosses like five times a dungeon. I mean, I I don't know if I agree. I think there's going to be significantly more variance in or creativity in terms of personal roots. I think there could be right because there's there's only four tormented guys right, and now there's. How many? Like how many of these packs are in a like dungeon? Tormented, right? tormented didn't impact how you rooted at all in most. I, I I disagree solely off the purpose that like tormented they knew that it was going to get stale and they kept rotating the locations. 
yep. with a fix it. So that's them actively trying to like alter the routing that people do. This one, that's highly unlikely to happen, or at least from what I've seen with different affixes in the keys. They're in locked positions. It will be a yes. solved affix. I mean, you can say they rotate them around, but it didn't really impact how you routed because they were just along the route you took anyway. There's it did. the only it dungeon did. where you really changed around how you uh, routed. Other side was DOS. Yeah, DOS uh, is the big one. TOP other dungeons, well. they kind of they were just somewhere. You got, you ran into them eventually, like it didn't. I I disagree with that. Like the, in TOP, the more linear you, you played around it as well. Yeah, and yeah, sure. Like you didn't play around it that much, but that's also because the dungeons are so linear to start with. Sure, yeah, there's definitely a degree of it being the dungeon problem. But I, I think, think this affix is significantly more likely to have, like, there'll be certain packs which people just skip. Like, they do the stealth skip and other people don't. I, Judging by what I've seen on PTR, I don't think the routes are going to change that much. Like, the, as I said, they put the relics in some of the hardest packs in the dungeon, making them even harder. It's... Like, people will just skip the affix wherever they can. I mean, uh, yeah. If that is the case, then I think it's a tuning problem. Because I think change... Like, I disagree with WordUp in that changing it at the end of the expansion is a bad thing. I think that's the right time to change it. You can see what people have been doing. And then you can you can change based on that information, like the Nihilotha affix. But if people are just skipping them, then it's a problem that they should make them more attractive. The and I think it's probably was very, very different in terms of what allowed you to shape up the roots, though, because that allowed you to drop in in one place and drop out wherever. Okay, you yeah, wanted. I, I agree wholeheartedly that the Nihiloth Rafix was just better in in basically every way in terms of like how you navigate around the dungeon. That affix was incredible, but That's I think great. that this is this is a direction more towards that than the other affixes we had this expansion. I think to that point, it kind of depends on what we want, right? Like, do players want dungeons to change? significantly their routes to change significantly or do they want it like i think it depends on if do you view mythic plus as a, as a chore or do you view it as fun content right because i think some of us that are in the rating community you know they're like okay gotta get my new iqd the new patch right or new soul letting ruby new patch right um and and mythic plus to those kinds of people can be considered a chore and then i can see where word up's coming from where it's like okay yeah maybe don't rock the boat too much on the other hand, you know, in Legion, I love doing Mythic Plus. I did it all the time um, as like a main form of content. And so I guess like in my opinion, I'd, I'd love for them to make me like dungeons that much again. Uh, and I think an Aphex has the potential to do that. And this one I think could. I think what we're saying is it just needs a bit more work. Yeah. Well, um, just to clarify, it's not like that I don't want them to rock the boat. I'm like really on board with them doing that. I think that doing it at the beginning when everything was like everywhere, might have made it so people engage with it more if it's not engaging right now. But I think this is like main form content for a lot of people. So they need to make it so that it's different. It needs to be tangibly different this season, especially in the last season. Because yeah. last season is the one that they remember next expansion. They don't remember it last. I think they could probably also, now that this is super related, but I think it kind of sucks that our seasons are attached to the raid. I'm sure PvPers probably agree with this as well, right? Like, why is the raid really scheduled determining when we get new affixes or balance changes to dungeons or, you know, things like that? I, I, you know, having only three affixes, fun affixes that change uh, an expansion is kind of lame. Wish we had more. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, definitely not. Like, other problems with the ethics, by the way, because, like, for instance, you go to mists, not a single relic in the labyrinth. You go to spires, when you go left or whether you go right, there's not a single relic there either. Oh, and well, sorry, sorry, in the maze, there's nothing. There's no There's relic nothing in the maze. Not a single wow. relic in the maze. So you spend 15 minutes oh, without playing the ethics. Yeah, that sucks. Was it was prideful in the maze? I forget. Yes. Hey, yeah, you could trigger like... prideful wherever you wanted, and you got oh, that, oh yeah, right. One yeah, in the labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. It's, that seems like the dungeon design has led them down the path of being forced to not put it there because there's variance in where you could go, which is by design their own mistake. And you, well, I guess, and also you you have to kill the pack, right? Which yeah. is like in the maze, like you you literally have no choice. You can't skip yep. it. There, this would be the case where if I was on the dev team, I would actually make one of the changes that top mythic plus players have suggested multiple times already which is to allow the gates in the labyrinth to be opened even while in combat. Oh, so you can check sure. them in combat, and if you want to double, triple, quadruple pill, you can. Just or go ham, basically. Yeah. No, they should do that. I, I agree wholeheartedly. That would be a significant improvement to their dungeon. Also, in spires, like, more too. Yeah, spires going left or right, um, I feel like they could just like mimic the placement on left and right, and it wouldn't be a problem, because you're not going to go left and right. So I'm not sure why they haven't just done that. They're not limited on the number of relics they can put in a dungeon. It's because probably... the, packs, the packs are different and the layout is different. And the counts are different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, left has mostly stealth mobs and just one Goliath, basically. And uh, I think it's three squad leaders in total. Yeah. And uh, right side has a double Goliath and a couple of other, like, pointless mobs. Right side and, is and so another much Goliath left. Following. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of worms. Yeah, but you're never going to go both sides, so they can judge the placement on the right side differently to the left side based on Just like what they put the same least. number. There would be massive value in, for instance, like if you go right side uh, after you're done with the double Goliath, uh, you have a, a bunch of snake mobs, and then you take the the angel teleport to uh, a pack of five, I think, pack of five mobs, like a spear thrower and a couple of other things, in preparation for the, the pool where people normally just double spear and throw all cooldowns yeah. on it. It would be really good to have a, a relic just before that, like on the pack of five while going up the stairs. Well, I think that's yeah. what we were saying earlier, is that like if, you, if players could choose when they get the buff for the relic, this yep. problem kind of goes away, right? Because then yep. placement is not irrelevant, but then people can plan for bad parts of the dungeon in advance, right? Not because yep. right now they have to plan for the 10 seconds after they kill a, kill a mob, yep. right? Uh, it'd be well, nice if we could do it whenever. It, it would fix quite a lot of the other things that you said there were, because uh, what's happening is they're placing it on the pack to make sure that you will get impact after. So so where the pack is, is more dependent than what the pack contains. That's a good, that's a good point. It has to lead into something. Whereas if it's activatable, you can make it so that the fairly easy throwaway packs that you don't care that much about, they can be made more difficult because there's room to, without needing to put it on the packs that already like plow you into the dirt when you pull them. And you can incentivize people to kill a different pack rather than punishing them for not, if that makes sense. Because right now you're effectively you know, punished by doing an, what we would call a normal route. Um, but if they if they flip flopped it and do what we're saying, then killing an extra pack or going out of your way in a route to get a buff is now an incentive, not a kind of requirement slash punishment. Should be fun. Mm -hmm. So basically, a bit like the well, kind of similar in idea to the there's one Torgas power that allows you to like uh, basically nerf yourself for a floor, 
And if you manage, you get a ton of power the next floor afterwards. So the same thing, but pack by pack, basically. Yeah, somewhat, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, th- I think it can be fun. And again, it could be a choice that, you know, again, you know, our group is saying, hey, we know this pack in particular in five minutes is going to be a pain in the butt. You know, what can we do now in advance to prep for that? Right. I think that that I think is a fun choice. Yep, yeah, absolutely. That, that would work really well as well. Like you kill an easy pack for the relic, for the stealth relic, and then it allows you to skip it. Or you kill it for the haze buff and it allows you to have lust during it, basically. Like, it, it would be so much better while being fundamentally the same affect, just done slightly yep. differently. It, it, all it would do is it massively increases the, the way that you can use the effects to solve problems and puzzle solve through a dungeon, and also directly make you engage with the effects rather than the effects just sort of being there. Yeah, which, like, it might make dungeons easier, right, with what you're saying. Yeah, but it'll but make them a whole lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah. and, and, like, and sure. who cares if they're easier? That just means you can push keys higher, which is fun, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah. Wake this is content one of my favorite dungeons because of that. This content has to last for quite a while, and if you've got all of that yeah. variance, or someone can come up with a wacky route by doing something like that, and it, there's the potential that it sits there for a while before someone finds it, that's really cool. It's not like, like say, right now, it's very reminiscent of Big Island, which was kind of solved quite quickly. Yeah. Well, don't they, they have, hated it. They, they <laughs> have to start like shifting up the positions or changing which ones were there each week because otherwise it was solved and it was boring and no one liked it compared yes. to like like how good Awakened was where people came up with wild strategies with that months in. There's something else like, as well that needs to be dealt with. The relics and the mobs give 0%. Um, I don't know if that's actually a huge issue. Do Have any of the other mobs that we've had given percent yes. in M-plus Avixes? Which ones? Didn't the infested ones? The infested mobs were just regular mobs, though. It uh, wasn't... Yeah. The Nihilotha mobs did. The Awakened did. Yeah. Pretty sure. Awake did Awakened? Yeah, I think so. Beguiling didn't. But Beguiling did didn't. Did. Beguiling didn't, and that's why everybody skipped as many... Uh, and as many obviously of... didn't either. Yeah, but that also got skipped. <laughs> yeah, like, well. there's, there is a trend there. Whenever an affix mob is worth 0%, you, people inevitably skip it. Unless the but, buff is so overwhelmingly yeah. good. And yeah. these buffs are not even in the same stratosphere as of power as Prideful was, and people still skipped Prideful, which is an indicator for how strong the buffs need to be. I mean, I think skipping isn't inherently a bad thing, right? If it's a if it's a choice that you're making, I guess, on, on from key to key yes. base. I the guess. issue becomes um, when it's like optimal always to skip it. Yeah, I but I think that's where like, you know, changing the attitude of like, okay, making these buffs an incentive rather than a punishment, right? Yeah. I think just thinking about yeah. it in that way, because the reason they skipped Prideful was because it was punishing to not skip it, right? Like, the biggest thing is make people engage with the effects. Don't uh, don't make their primary engagement avoiding it, I think, is, is what makes the best effects. How do you balance something like that for low keys and high keys, though? Because, like, on low keys, Prideful was whatever. Like, you spawn Prideful, nobody had to blow cooldowns on it. Life was good. On high keys, you typically had to blow two or three uh, DPS cooldowns on it and the healer cooldown. And you came out with a pocket lust, but nobody with cooldowns to be able to execute on it. Well, a controversial opinion would be, um, you don't. You, you, if, it, if it's unbalanced on higher keys, 
Well, that's what you sign up for when you start doing higher keys. Sometimes things yep. are a bit of a mess because that's how high keys are. And yep. that's part of the fun. That's what people like. They like solving unsolvable problems. Yep. That's they want what a meaningful engages choice. The people. That, that's what engages the people who do high-end keys. So you don't need to care if it's balanced. They'll yep. find a way, probably. And if they can't find a way, then they'll, skip they'll keep trying and eventually give up. Or skip it, yeah. Yeah, but like that's fine. Like if the, if that behavior is okay, like this is one of the really toxic parts of Prideful. It required you to basically uh, just turn around three times on yourself, jump, uh, jump off, invis, shroud, skip, whatever Go you alliance. could, in order to okay. not get the pride in combat. Like if if the pride mob uh, spawned and you could then engage it at your leisure, there would have been some interesting strats there as well. Um, I think if everyone is skipping it, then they have a huge problem, and it should be mm -hmm. like the tuning should be looked at. Yep. But. Do you think uh, this affix will affect Tazafishan plus much? Yes. Oh. A lot. Yes. Imagine, imagine how Tazafish is, man. Uh, that would be. I don't a think. I don't think it's. Fuck. I don't think they added it as an M plus on PTR yet, have they? Uh, it is. It is available. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, really cool stuff you can do on there. Like for instance. Uh, upper Tazarish is really difficult in Mythic Plus, but that's because normal Tazarish is really difficult. Especially like the last, on Tyrannical. Yeah, last boss of Tyrannical Tazarish on Plus 10 right now is a 7 minute fight. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's not very fun. But the second boss of that wing, the, the dude where you have to collect the collars, actually gets really fun with the new Affix. Because you get to kill the mini boss thing, like the, the thing from the Affix, during the transition. So you kill it with you kill it. You get lost just as the boss comes back, and then you explode the boss. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, though, speaking yeah. of Celia, though, the the Celia's trinket's going to be pretty spicy for everyone, by the way. So yep. hope, hope you like running that dungeon. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is is like it rolls back to what you said about how frustrating it must be to have everything tied to when the raid releases, because Tazavesh realistically was good to go for Mythic Plus. Yeah, months months ago, and there's no reason it shouldn't have been because it's so aggravating. I'm so mad they didn't do it. Yeah. We're, we're it was... what a solid month, uh, sorry, year and a half into this expansion, and there's been no new dungeon for people who run Mythic Plus at all. This could have been there six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Could've, 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 uh, because now you're going to get however long this patch goes. That's the only time you play with it. At least with say Mechagon. We got it right, like slam in the middle of BFA, and then Same immediately Kara, right? two new dungeons. Yeah, Karazhan yeah. was was, um, was the second patch. Yeah, was was with tomb. So, but like, but like, it was equally dumb then, right? Like, I I didn't understand waiting then either um, to like play it in Myth Mythic Plus. You know, like, I'll be completely honest with you. It's a good thing that they waited, but it's not a good thing that they did nothing with the time. Because I don't know if you remember the yeah, 90% sure. nerfs to Cathedral and Seat. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, like, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it's only a problem if they don't, you know, react to their game being, you know, and needing to buff it or nerf things, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, if they if they leave it alone, then sure, I guess you have to wait. But like, if they just released it and did yeah. an active role in tuning it, it's fine. Then it's probably going to be the same thing once we get to Azovish. I mean, if you have seven minute fight, on the last boss line, Tyrannical. I mean, shit, man, that's more than a mythic boss now. <laughs> that's not even the hardest part of Apatazavation. The I, I real know. problem is the second boss on that wing because they didn't change the mechanic. Oh, boy. So uh, for those who didn't do it, dur during the transition on Hillbrand, 
uh, there's a middle console and there's four consoles on the side of the room. And you have to have somebody go to the middle console, press it, and they see a set of colors that they need to relay to the group because the group cannot see them. And then those people need to pick up the thing in the middle of the room that is the right color and put it in the right console. And you wipe if you don't. Mechatork like, or whatever it is again, basically? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar to Mechatork, yeah. Except that this time, if you do a plus two with casuals, you will still deplete your key. <laughs> the bug, the Wait, bug world is going to suffer Wasn't this a hard mode mechanic? It, no, on Hillbrand, the hard mode stuns you for 10 seconds if you press the wrong console. Uh, okay, I was, I was actually going to ask... Uh, you still uh, have does, to do it. Does them plus keep the hard mode uh, mechanics no. in? or oh, okay. no. no, 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 no. But like the Tesavash hard mode mechanics are almost all of them a joke. Because like the first boss would never be active on Mythic Plus anyway, because you can't trigger the... Like the thing that allows you to trigger the hard mode and what the hard mode is on the first boss is the restricted area because the trash is still there. It itself yeah. has no real additional mechanics other than the, the mini trash mob that you have to kill before it being active in combat. Mm -hmm. The second boss, like the, the bizarre thing, is fundamentally the same fight. It's just that you get five named NPCs instead of five trash mobs. The bizarre, everything spawns faster. Big fucking deal. <laughs> the fourth boss is where things get interesting because you need two kicks instead of one. But again, it's fundamentally the same. Hillbrand, the, the console stun you, but the, the real problem with clicking the wrong console is you drop the collar that you're carrying and it goes back to the middle. So whether you're stunned or not makes no difference. Yeah. And uh, they just they probably just don't have data from this, right? Because like how nobody many people, runs it. Well, I think mount collectors are running it, and that's probably it. <laughs> um Yeah, basically. Yeah, but you know. even with that, like they, they don't even properly run it because those things don't right. show up in Mythic Zero. Like Hillbrand on normal mode, we blasted it before he even did the transition. Just yeah, just so to roll back slightly about like Tazavesh being released. And not to harp on Shadowlands, even though that's exactly what I'm about to do. Uh and praise Legion. Like Legion's the the Mythic Plus expansion that everyone tends to sort of glorify. I think everyone can agree. Most people will call back to Legion was great. Legion had eight launch dungeons and four over the course of the, the expansion. Like in trickle feed, there was a new dungeon pretty consistent. And that was very enjoyed. I think that's great for a Mythic Plus player. BFA had, I believe it was 10 at launch and it got two. So there's 12 total between two. Of them. And Shadowlands got eight at launch and we're getting two at the very end. So it's by far and away the least content rich Mythic Plus season and yeah. I, like that's that's acutely visible when you look at how how solved dungeons are now i mean uh, yeah and, and i think to that point i don't necessarily need more dungeons but i i would appreciate better quality over quantity sometimes and i don't know if we got that even this time either i, I don't think it's the volume i think it's the, the like trickle feeding in one every six months one every year at least so that it feels like each season's got an extra bit of texture is well and again we only have three seasons so if we had more seasons part of that could be solved as well right like Tazavesh, they probably wanted to give it you know a, a patch worth of gap in between releasing it and making it mythic plus 
they probably didn't expect the patch cap was going to be this long, though, when they were planning it. Yeah, that's fair. There's another thing that they could do. And I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun when I could get into Legion Time Walking Mythic Plus. So, like, oh, oh, yes. some of the dungeons yeah, sure. were actually spectacularly fun. And also, the, the seasonal affects that they built for it really, really, really was fun. In oh, yeah. Like, I, uh, 100%, I yeah. thought Agreed. they would be crap at the start, and I was proven wrong. <laughs> but the fact that it lasted for so little time, and also that it didn't count for Mythic Plus score, so as a result, most people did not do it. Because the gear was weak, and there was no other reason to do it. So, like, people just gravitated to either Vault of the Wardens for that uh, couple of good trinkets, or just going for regular Mythic Plus. And as a result, you looked into Group Finder and there was, what, three keys? If, instead, they took the eight dungeons that we have today, and they added two Legion dungeons like that, to the season, as in counting for score and everything... Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, season three, you know, here's Vault of the Wardens, or... You know, whatever. Or, yeah, or they could do a, years freehold or whatever. They could know? do a rotational thing, which is each season, you know, bring in different yes. dungeons from the past. That would be really cool. I think we talked about really this, fun. I think, in the first episode a little bit when we're t- touching on Legion Time Walking. It's, it's such a yeah. wasted opportunity with I think, all the dungeons released in the past. I think this goes back to what Public mentioned. So I guess in for a penny, in for a pound, is that is that how that goes? Um, the, the contents of WoW is clearly sis- seasonal and it revolves around the, the raids. And I think the Mythic Plus was amazing when it was added in Legion, but I don't think it was adapted properly to how content is because right now, every season you get like, what, 10 extra bosses, but you don't get like 10 extra dungeon bosses or anything like that. So clearly the dungeon Mythic Plus scene has to be addressed. And I think, um, and you guys might be able to uh, clarify this a little bit more, but I think the Legion Mythic Plus is a good way to add Mythic Plus content with every patch, whether it is two dungeons every like three months and like four per patch, or then we get another expansion or whatever, or keep adding dungeon. But I feel like the Mythic Plus scene content doesn't progress the same way as the raid content is i'm still doing the same dungeons oh i i i get 200 crit from this tormentor and that's about it it doesn't feel like it's fresh new stuff although the mythic plus content was good and it still is good as a concept i don't feel like they're iterating it, uh, at it properly do you guys think like more uh, legion dungeons uh, m plus being added like every season or every half season or do you think they should even dive into bfa dungeons eventually if they go down this path Absolutely should, but there's a there's a deeper and more interesting thing like this. So BFA dungeons and Shadowlands dungeons, we were told that they were designed for Mythic Plus. <laughs> and yet, the Legion dungeons, which were just an experiment, like they took on challenge mode dungeons and they tried going, well, what if we make them repeatable with harder and harder mechanics? And it failed miserably on some things. Like there are some bosses that were just ridiculous. But One of the things where it worked is that even with that, most of the dungeons were non-linear. You could do things however you wanted. There's only one dungeon, which was Upper Karazhan, where you sort of did not have a choice. All the rest, you could pull pretty much whatever you wanted. Some were harder, some were easier, but whatever. And it allowed you to change your routes depending on what happened. We had no seasonal dungeon in Legion, uh, seasonal affix in Legion, and yet, it's the the expansion with the biggest variance in roots that we've seen. Yeah, dungeon design is huge, right? Which I think, to, to your point, right? Like, if we started rotating in some of the old favorites from BFA and Legion, like, I think yeah. that could 
help some of those issues. Um, That's uh, one part. But I, they need to I, they need to go back to the drawing board on how they design dungeons and actually make like big open dungeons. Like I, not the I kind have of to stuff be honest. Where, yeah. I, I refuse to believe, given the scope of the raids that they do, they don't have the resources to create more like a couple more little dungeons over the course yep. of an expansion. I, and those things, if you have a, a new season and there's one new dungeon, that's all it takes for that season to be instantly memorable because you've got the eight dungeons that you already do you'll, and you'll go in and you'll do it with the new seasonal fix. You'll work it out and you'll do it just like you always did. If you've got a new dungeon, that's new routes to work out, new mobs to juggle, new effects to deal with as well. That makes that dungeon a new puzzle. Right now, people are doing the same puzzle, but slightly different. It's like it's a new wordle for the day. Like, it's not particularly fresh, but a new dungeon is immediately. And obviously, the cheap way of doing that is bring back Legion and BFA. But I can't see why they can't just throw a little bit of resources into throwing a dungeon in for the yeah, patch, could do both. just like they did in yep. Legion. Yep. There's no reason not to do both, because like they fit different purposes. Having a new dungeon means that everybody gets to have fun. Yeah. Throwing yeah. an old dungeon into the cycle means that people who have done this dungeon before will get to reminisce. And that's yeah. a really strong thing as well. And, and they or proved... you didn't play in BFA or Legion, right? Yeah. And, yeah, but then you have fun because the dungeon's new to you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good for everyone. Yeah. And, and they proved they can do it, right? We, we had the, the time walking event with the Mythic Plus the dungeons from, from Legion, so it's, it, it can be made happen. That, that That's proof right there. I, I think yeah. Pantheon wanted to say something regarding this or was that uh, mistaken yeah, here yeah so something that i'd personally really like from kind of mythic plus is leaning a bit more into challenge modes and potentially just having a challenge mode setting for dungeons so that you have a different way to explore the dungeons maybe potentially tie portals to that and put cosmetics on plus 20 instead yeah make people want to do a very restrictive mode tech plated because you're scaled down to a certain item level and it reinvigorates the dungeon as well. I think it'd be cool. It's fairly I, evergreen as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, generates communities. The, like the door is wide yeah. open, right? If you have more seasons, you can iterate with things more often. Maybe put tier sets into Mythic Plus that are season based, right? I mean, they, they have a lot of options that they could they could do to experiment. Um, I would sure. also really like them to, rather than trying to hotfix or kill strategies, to lean into them and potentially take the ideas from them. Like the best example is Temple of Sethralis in BFA, where people figured out that you can get to the last boss, and as long as you keep it in combat, everybody gets 90-something percent DR. So the goal oh, was to right. get to yeah. the last boss as quickly as possible, and then do the dungeon in reverse. <laughs> yeah, Spinning well, the dungeon on its head like that, deliberately, can be fun. It is, it is cool, yeah. yeah. See, one, one thing that I amused with is... How many times over the course of Shadowlands have there been really long scenarios in the campaign or like as part of a patch build-up? Way too many times. How many of those could have just been a dungeon that they threw in and then made use of? Like, yeah. take the you've, you've got the one at the start of 9.1 where, you know, you go and stop Sylvanas in Ardenwood. That could have been a dungeon. You have or the, the Corthia Night campaign. Fate. You've got the Corthia campaign. Easily throw that in. You could have got the one where no. Tyrande for the Night Fate campaign goes into Torghast. Easily could have been a dungeon instead of a scenario. And then you reuse that scenario content because you instead of just doing it on your own, you do it with five people on normal. It's easy. But it becomes evergreen mythic plus content afterwards. I'm really surprised you so get like a Torghast Violet Hold type thing. I was really 
looking forward to that. I think they've been given the feedback too many times by casuals who don't want to group with others that they should be able to do at least the mandatory parts of the game on their own. And I think that might be the driving decision behind all those one-player scenarios. I, I will say then to be... To, to invoke the name, they should just copy what Final Fantasy did and let you go and queue for it on your own. And have With it NPCs. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Then you go, you, and then you completely free up that issue. Because... Which they kind I of done in the four, right? With like artifacts, weapon quest lines. Exactly, like kind of, yeah. Like the healer ones and tank ones, I think, yeah. had like parties, right? Well, the Mage Tower is a prime before. example for the healer. Mage Tower, challenge. right. Yeah. yeah. Like, just do that. And then you can repurpose content that probably took quite a while to build and just turn it Definitely into again, a dungeon. Yeah. Or they could just keep the scenario single player focus and then just make a parallel dungeon that just replays that story or that those those encounters. But this time it's a five-man party with, you know, bosses have more HP, more damage, and so on and so forth. It doesn't just have to be a choice where, oh, I get to choose that or not. They can just like, oh, let's copy-paste this, add one or two packs here, uh, increase the boss's health, and, you know, you can, you can have a yeah. sort of dungeon. Exactly. I mean, the biggest part of the assets that are being done for this kind of stuff is the map, which you're going to reuse, the mobs that you're going to reuse, and maybe some of the abilities that are generic anyway. Like, all, all the stuff is there. It just needs probably some playtesting and some tweaking around to turn it into a dungeon. And and the amount of extra content that would generate from a Mythic Plus point of view is, is enormous. Like, you just need to come up with some silly names for the items that they drop, and there you go, problem solved. Yep. Seems like a no-brainer. They should definitely introduce more dungeons across the expansion. They have a lot of things they could easily turn into dungeons. They've yeah. dipped into this uh, Mythic Plus... A concept pretty heavily and it seems like it's paying off obviously they didn't think it might which is probably why they thought it was a one shot back in legion but if it's been proven for like what four years now that it's okay people like it just i mean i guess in a way treat it as you would treat a raid just add more hcs and just make it make it fresh or you know it's a whole thing on its own oh yeah oh yeah uh, but uh, let's uh, move on uh, to uh, one of Pentheus' uh, favorite topics. Uh, not only Pentheus, but uh, he's uh, really prevalent on this. The 9.2 Raid Sepulchre of the First Ones. Uh, we have a couple of uh, things uh, to talk about. Pretty, I would say, smooth but brutal segue into uh, <laughs> the next topic. Fuck it. Kick in the door. <laughs> yeah. So um, let, let's just let's just kick it off. Uh, Pentia, first thoughts on uh, what you tested so far, how gen general opinions on, you know, mechanics, things like that, tuning and, and all sorts. So, well, what What is it with the Sepulcher? Is it good? Is it bad? Anything? Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a pretty nice raid. A lot of single target focus, I found, like with uh, priority targets and stuff. Um, the raid bosses themselves... <laughs> seem to have a definite flex for Blizzard's way of just making up a name and using that as a boss name. <laughs> I'm not sure how you're meant to pronounce a couple of these boss names. They are not actual words. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had um, a list. Hold on. Well, it's the, the spider, well, the scorpion, I've the robot. I've renamed a few bosses. Dosegni. I just call sausage. Yeah, everyone does. Hope it catches on, man. Let's do the sausage tonight. But I, I saw the Feral Druid with a thumbs up there when he heard, uh, you know, a lot of single target <laughs> stuff because, you know... Yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. Uh, right, right. Oh, look, look at that. So, yeah, battery. 
<laughs> sausage. Beautiful. Holondrous. So, um, yeah, we've only been able to test eight out of 11 bosses. This would seem to intentionally be holding the last three bosses hostage so that we can't test them. But they look to have a lot of interesting mechanics on them. One of them very Among us E, where the raid turns into <laughs> imposters and you need to find the actual one. Pretty cool. Looking I, a little sus over there. I have very little faith that fight is going to be good. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> I reckon it's going to be awesome. <laughs> week one. Yeah. yeah that um, fight. Uh, there is some info floating around in spell data about how that works. And yeah, it's looking like it's not going to be fun, and it's looking like it's going to kill uh, a lot of groups, particularly normal and LFR groups, because the mechanic is present on every difficulty. I have I mean, been digging in the spell data and the texture files for any kind of clue. I can see that there are three different colors, not sure what they're associated with, but one of them is probably the one that we're going to have to kill. Hmm. It'll so, make Reddit insufferable for a good solid month. But like comparing think, it yeah. to to um, uh, Sanctum of right. Domination right now, uh, from what you tested so far, does it feel better in terms of like I don't know mechanics, visuals, all of that? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, there there is a lot of reused hexagon platforms in the raid, which will get a bit samey. But in terms of how the bosses are, there's enough variance in between each of the bosses. It's not just all of this is like single target. Oh, here's an ad every minute. That there's a good enough variance. So you know the first boss is loads and loads of trash. And then you get the boss come out, completely different mechanics from there on. Yeah, I mean, I think Sanctum, you can't really, I mean, I don't know, anything is, I'm tired of walking into that raid, so I'm, I'm down for anything <laughs> yeah, new yeah. at this point. A lot of people are at this point, I for sure. I think it's more thematically cohesive than um, Sanctum was, just like from A to Z in there. It looks different, but is obviously the same things. Yeah, I think a per, lot on of... On a boss per boss. For sure. I, I think... Uh, Part of the attrition in Sanctum is it was because it did have this, uh, dare I say, Torgasty vibe because we're basically there and everybody was just fed fucking up with with that <laughs> that place. I think it was that everything looked really similar. Yeah. yeah. Aside from Painsmith's room, everything yes. looked lots of skulls, lots of spikes. Yeah. Gray. Gray. Sadness. Lots of blue. <laughs> well, it's they... it's like my childhood. <laughs> Basically, all we've been looking at this entire expansion, yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> Sanctum has Sylvanas, which is maybe the worst boss fight they've created in a hot minute. So, yeah, that anything too. is going to be better. That's <laughs> too. If I'm yeah. going to be frank, but it did have been me. But one thing I really noticed in Sepulchre, I don't know whether Panther would agree, but I definitely did this. They've leaned even further into um, what Sanctum did, where the boss arenas are enormous. Oh yeah, and there is a lot of moving going on. But not necessarily like all over the place, but there's a lot of telegraphed things on the ground or things to avoid, and you will move quite a long way between them. And they're quite grand in the scope of how big the arena looks when something's going on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Some of those bosses do have certain ways of like making you move around the room. So Prototype Pantheon, one of the bosses will just go out of the combat arena and push you of winds to the other side of the room. So that kind of handles that movement aspect. On battery, um, one of the adds you kill does explode and knock you back. So that punts you from one side to the other. I but think for, that... Um, 
any uh, any guild recruiters out there that and if you don't have a warlock get at least one <laughs> yeah we've never heard that in any tier before <laughs> <laughs> i think the the way that they're so open is such a breath of fresh air from uh, the very few fights that i have seen and been in it's so refreshing this is like opening the window after after like a weekend of being closed up it's nice to have like open doors and like all all open because it felt so. What you felt claustrophobic in the Sylvanas fight for some in, reason? In, in the <laughs> in the fucking sanctum, man. <laughs> Sylvanas was open like, No, they seem to be more yeah, willing to make. Sylvanas. <laughs> they seem to be more willing to make the environment part of the encounter than they were in Sanctum, which I have to wonder is that because they got such good feedback from Painsmith that. Or Sylvanas phase two, right? Uh, 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 <laughs> they didn't get the feedback. That they realized that, like, that's part of the character of the boss as well. Like, if you look at Holondrus, that the the room and the pathing that it does, even though it's not a very popular boss right now, is like part of the encounter. The same for Lehuven. Yeah, I'll just call it battery. <laughs> battery. <laughs> battery. <laughs> That's it's definitely like from from what me and Flame uh, tested earlier earlier on. It's definitely at least that first impression of Breath of Fresh Air, the change of imagery and, and feeling and all of that, which is very welcome. Uh, I'm pretty sure most of the people who raid uh, are sick and tired at this point. You know, you you're reclaiming, you're doing it on also whatever. It 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 gets tiresome. At least from a visual perspective, it does look more. Uh, natural, Vib- open, vibrant, yeah, more, alive. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think that that uh, that's a good thing. Are there like any specific issues, like big ones, you've encountered so far, Panthea, with which testing? Uh, some um, bosses, or? yeah, bosses keep changing, uh, but that's also a good thing because it means that you, know, you, you get a little bit of insight into the design iterative process on you know what they're intending the boss to be, because you know we'll test it, we'll sometimes kill it. And probably the boss is a bit too easy. And then you check the dungeon journal a week later. Dungeon mechanics completely changed. So then the next test is a completely different boss, which is also nice and refreshing from testing because you're not doing the same boss again. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's, there's also just brand new mechanics on quite a few of these fights as well. So, you know, you're not going into the boss trying to say, oh, this mechanic is like this one. It's actually just brand new and you're just explaining how to do it. Yeah, that just just goes to show that they're maybe a, a bit more focused on it than in the past. Uh, doing all what of these I changes from the heroic test, especially because um, those were the ones I did the most of. Uh, they were actively tweaking things mid-test, which they have done before on a few bosses here or there. But they were doing it like very quickly, like within 10, 15 minutes of the boss. This isn't working, or this is a problem. We're going to immediately tweak it and make it work or remove or retune it like on the spot and then it's changed and you still got another 40 minutes to carry on on the boss. Whereas in like Sanctum, there are a few cases where like in the last 10 minutes, something got changed and you don't get to really check it or do anything with it. All you know is it's changed. It definitely feels like they're taking a way more iterative approach to 9.2 in general. Like they've been iterating over tier sets the entire patch now in counter design and loot drops as well. I mean, so, which is all great to see, by the way, this is a big change compared to what we've seen in the rest of the expansion. So I think it, the, it was the much loot more clear, especially. It was much more clear that someone was watching the tests 
mm-hmm. this time. Like there Which was someone act- you actively had yeah. a hand in it. The, uh, because the last time that I remember that being done, aside from like the occasional times where the tests completely explode, uh, was the Legion Alpha, where there was like very clearly someone actively watching tests go on and trying to make things stop breaking when they did. There's also been some item changes as a result of testing as well. So the Fate Scribe Tank Trinket no longer acts as an ank. It's now just another cheat death. Because oh, you can cheese so many mechanics yeah. with trinket. I mean, yeah. And that was always going to happen once they introduced that. I think it was it was something they had to change. So it's so on another Sanctum where at AT, yeah. yeah, you just die with every tank mechanic so you didn't have to actually deal with it. If they didn't change it, it would have showed up in future expansions as well, for sure. Yeah, like it's, it was a broken mechanic. I like it was a cool concept, but it, yeah, it was a good thing they changed it. <laughs> that it managed to break a mechanic in its own tier. It yeah. explains everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> so for any uh, tanks out there, you should farm the Fate Scribe Trinket now. It is a stronger version of Alar with a shorter cooldown. Bro, nobody wants to be doing Fate Scribe this <laughs> Don't make me do this. That is exactly <laughs> what my raiders said. But I said, no, I need Fate Scribe Trinket on two more tanks. I'm going to be honest, I'm just not telling our tanks has changed. No, but I think, I think <laughs> overall... Tanknotch.com? Tanknotch.com, yeah. Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, <clears throat> I think a public uh, underlined it um, very, very clearly. It is a bunch of many good things this time around and um you know some maybe some some people in the past kind of like commented or hinted that they oh, all were so negative or we you know this is uh, you know we're too, too much too much complaining too much criticizing listen y'all what we dis- discussed over here and what the folks have talked about is basically you know pointing out maybe not always the obvious but always giving out the solution and also when there's things that's like really good they're actively listening iterating on stuff this is good and like if, if we can do one thing with with these kind kind of podcasts it's like okay let's just give them their you know high fives and boys this is a good path you're on right now not to mention the fucking communicating i cannot stress this enough the blue posts that have been popping up recently yeah for sure Fucking smurfing. Yes, yes. <laughs> but this is this is so much different than what we kind of got used to in the last two expansions. So it's definitely a change. Hopefully it will stick. I'm I'm still personally I'm still a bit skeptical for the long run, but so far so good. So we have to give them praise where praise is due, even you know, with the yeah, current sure. issues. Like nine point two is just generally speaking, has very clearly been one that they are when it released, it wasn't looking any more finished than 9.1 did on the PTR. But the pace at which it has been iterated, well, considering that there was a big Christmas gap in between and everything else going on, has been iterated on like really aggressively in really good ways with actual back and forth. Obviously, there's still a question mark as whether the last three bosses will work, which is always a worry, but hopefully they do. And so I'm... I'm genuinely looking forward to this patch much more than I was 9-1. Do we know For if, sure. Do we know yeah. if the last three bosses will be testable at all? No. It's they very unlikely. They, they I mean, that's, that's part of what's going to be fun, right? Like, the yeah. race to World First is, should be quite exciting, I think, um, because of it. Because so of I'm, it, yeah. I'm really 
as a viewer and a raider, I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, we're not, I... Even, not even gonna have an idea from heroic. It's going to be genuinely right. like. Fresh. I agree and I disagree at the same time. The reason I would agree is because yeah, it's like it's something you can't prepare, you can't even like do much other than see the dungeon journal. But we have the problem with the race to world first of the second legendary that's going to likely drop. Mm, yeah. At the Debbie end. Downer over here. We didn't no. need to talk about it. I can't believe you brought that <laughs> chestnut up because that is not a good one. <laughs> that's that's the only big not good going into nine two. I mean, but they are, uh, to that point though, they are iterating on when we acquire the double legendary. They, it was originally replicated. Now it's behind the campaign. I think now what people are saying is that it's happening late enough into the patch where, for the most part, the raid is going to be cleared on Mythic before they get their double legendary, which is kind of a disappointment, I think, for both the players in the race world first, as well as just like viewer. Like they're not going to be able to effectively play their class at its highest peak for the last raid of the expansion which is kind of lame um, for the rest of us, you know, that aren't in, in that caliber, you know, we'll get it week three of mythic. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get it when we're basically less than halfway through the, the bosses. I think I, I think there's issues say, to be raised there about uh, tuning of bosses. Yep. I'll say well, that and, and on, on this whole thing, well, there's the, there's the legendary tuning, but on this whole, I'll avoid the most cynical takes that you can have, but I, I think, the absolute peak best place to make sure, like to give it to everyone, is the second week of the patch launch. Yep, I agree. And I don't I, think there's any other yeah. place where it fits better. I mean, I agree. No one's going it's to a... remember, like, I got second legendary fifth week, and this was like the most crowning achievement of the patch. All they're going to remember is I didn't have two legendaries before it now, and now I have two legendaries. It doesn't matter where it comes, all they remember is the before and after. The second week gives you an incentive to log in on the second week of the patch because the raid's probably going to be two weeks out from the patch launch from as far as i understand it's one week out are you sure yeah they said that um Zarephmois opens and then the following week it's the raid they said that in the blue post ages ago but yeah they can always yeah, they have a whole weird schedule training. yeah I, I think like to that point though like we're going to be losing shards of domination right and that's like up to 17, 18% player power, just like gone, walking into the new zone and the new raid. And and I think the best way they, or one of the best ways they can counteract that, right, is, okay, you get double Legos as soon as you walk into the new raid. Um, it's not going to make up the difference for most specs, but that coupled with tier sets, you know, should at least make it not feel like you're losing damage going into the next tier, which I think is going to be really important. And I think if they can move double Legos to second week, third week, whatever it is, to counter that, I think it'd be healthier for the player base. There's another thing that probably needs to bear consideration on that is the... So suppose you're a raider and you're in a good enough guild that you're going to get to roughly close to the end of the raid when the second Lego drops. What do you play for the first five weeks or four weeks or whatever yeah. it is? Because for some specs, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like for if you know that you will hit the bottleneck when you get your second Lego, it might actually be better to play something that you know will hyperscale at that point because of the second Lego's player power. Well, luckily, you know, we're not getting new renowned levels, right? So there is no mm. downside. Like you're not investing time into like one covenant or something like that. But you 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 could be investing in, you know, crafting costs or upgrading your current Lego or or whatever. Um that that might change your decision, right? 
So yeah, it's it's going to make everything kind of messy for the first couple of weeks, which I just don't think is valuable. Yeah, it, all it does is create resentment because like, suppose you're one of these classes that are currently not very good, but will hyperscale with, with the second legendary. Like, suppose you're a Guardian Druid. Right now, you have a choice between the legendary or the Kyrian one. Later on, you will be able to have both and just basically turbocharge yourself. Do you play the nerfed version of your spec for four weeks and then right. drain and bear it? Or, like, it, it's... I'm with Word Up on this one. It would make so much more sense to start the tier with the legendary. Yeah. And if you're not starting tier at legendary, you should get a Mythic Week. Yep. yep. I mean, Mythic Week makes a lot of sense as well. Like, you can then you can tune Mythic for two legendaries, which is a huge concern of mine. It's going to be tuned for one legendary for World First, and then two legendaries is going to trivialize every boss, so I'm going to be DP stop, DPS stopping constantly. And, and what does that even mean, right? Because, like, two legendaries for Feral Druid is very different than two legendaries for Mage or Shadow Priest or whatever, right? Like, the balancing is already kind of yeah. out the wazoo, yeah. right? Um, and especially, and I think we mentioned this last podcast, we don't need to harp on it too much, but balance between Covenant legendaries especially is wild for some specs. Um, so I, I would prefer them kind of out the gate just say, yeah, here here it is. We acknowledge there are balancing problems with legendaries. So in that name, we're just going to give it to you, right? <laughs> what, what worries me the most about it is that there are, and it's not like a super common thing, but there are some classes where the covenant, like the double legendary thing is not just like build enabling, it's damage profile enabling. But not having them means that you can't deal with certain encounters that you otherwise would be able to once you get it. And it's going to lead to, potentially, some really frustrating things of, well, I can't do this fight this week because I'm just useless, but next week we'll be fine. Do we just, like, I don't know, go and do splits and like AFK till next week when we get it and we'll be really strong? Yeah, man, that's, we don't have our single target you... nuke spec until next week. It's just yeah. like back in BFA, we don't have our demon hunter for for Kills brand, so we don't raid. <laughs> and I think it, that in, in the blue post they the... mentioned they wanted to like delay the power throughout the patch, which I just think is just kind of a weird take on it, especially when we know it's probably going to last for a year and a half. You know, so like, what's yep. the harm in making it? happened two weeks earlier than they currently have it you know they should race it out and give give people as much like instant excitement as possible to get back in and want to jump into the rain and open up as much options as you can so it's like a wild environment rather than one that just like trickle feeds in yeah. mostly because like, i mean from a selfish point of view as an officer i can already picture the situations where someone says can we just like skip a few days this week and come back next week and do an extra day because we're going to be way stronger then so we don't have to yep. like bash our head against the wall yep. just like in Sanctum that already happened can we come back next week when we've got shards and upgraded them or, or like as a discord admin for like all the class discords you know or whatever oh, or writing guides you know it's going to be a pain in the butt because people are going to say like oh I want to be Necrolord because with double Lego in the tier set, it's the best. And then you, they have to scroll down to the bottom of the guide. We're like, oh yeah, by the way, the first three weeks or four weeks of the uh, the patch, when you don't have double Legos, you actually need to be this covenant with this Lego. And everyone's going to either look over that or look at it wrong, whatever. It's going to be a massive, you know, com confusion and communication problem. I think at this point... Uh like like public mentioned, the patch is probably going to run for around a year, if not longer than a year. 
and the trickling in content for like a few like one or two months of the patch is just weird because this is all a part of their uh current or let's say hopefully past way of uh, designing content with uh enforcing engagement metrics by you know w wiggling the carrot on a stick in front of you so you can oh you just need to wait one more week to get that one thing and then two more weeks to get that other thing i think they should just bite the bullet and say okay this is just an alt patch after two or three months, you're going to do whatever. You're going to finish the content. You're just going to play it on an alt. Like, corruptions were kind of, although, you know, begrudgingly added to a vendor. And after they were added to a vendor, it made it a lot more accessible. Personally, I found myself playing a lot more alt. So I wonder how that alt plays with all that corruptions. And I feel like they should just uh, put their uh, eggs in this one basket and say, okay, people are just going to play alt. Let's just give them the double legendary. It already will feel weird dropping the shard uh, power that we have. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's. I think they're really late on schedule as well with everything. I think this this whole being very very after schedule started in BFA and it has been become worse and worse in Shadowlands. I mean, there's a point to be made about engagement metrics and shit like that. But at this point, I strongly believe like everybody's like all hands on deck as we can probably see with all of the the iteration and the communication on it. I just feel they are late with the schedule. It's basically they don't have enough people or it's just the fact of, you know, COVID and all of the issues that happened over at Blizzard during the summer and all that, the lawsuits, all of that delayed a lot, the, the, the development. So I can see it at least for a year, uh, dispatch but being holding on. But hey, we have that's a fish. There are plenty of solutions to be able to handle this. Like, and without going into full boomer mode, we had Ruby Sanctum back in Wrath of the Lich King. Oh, yeah. yeah. That basically for, solved this in a way. Sure, yeah, like, yeah. we had one of the longest expansions to date at that point. Like, the 3.3 lasted, what, well over 10 months, I think? 10 or 11 months? Yeah, they dropped perfect. a raid halfway through it. Like, just recycled mobs. 100% recycled mobs. Some very yeah. cool mechanics that allowed them to test the engine for Cataclysm because the whole phasing stuff was brand new at the time. Mm -hmm. and Not even that. I, I, want, I want to say, if I were to give you, like... My pie in the sky dream thing they did is whatever the next expansion is, you're going to have however many dungeons in that expansion. Why not just grab one of those and, and a little bit it. of the intro quest and pull it back or like a couple of bosses and throw that into like a end of expansion wrap up that lead into next expansion. That's and what they did in Warlords. Uh, was it Warlords? Exactly. No, mop into Warlords uh, with the Upper Black Rock Spire and shit. Yeah, just, just pull a bit forward, stick that in, and have it be like the interim patch that leads to the expansion, gets people excited for the next expansion, yeah. and breaks up the current monotony of whatever's going on from like yeah. an extended end patch. Yeah, think of like a mini raid, like, I don't know, yeah. was it was Crucible of Storms? That was pretty good. Like in between patches, was it 8.25 or 8.15? So Eight one five. Um, something. Yeah, small. Crucible was good for the four people that cleared it. <laughs> yeah, it was released. Really just the, the idea of people it were still progressing. Uh, and it was like, I've just got out of one progress. I'm not going to go into another. No. <laughs> the, the thing is that the dungeon that they would pull forward, they've already done in, in like the case that I, I gave there. Yeah, it's going to be the next true. expansion one. So yeah. what harm does it do to drag it forward a little bit? And it and it gets people immediately engaged with whatever's coming next. Because this is supposed mm. to be like the end of the expansion, the end of the story, done. We'll likely get them on Alpha, like probably midway through this year anyway. So just quickly test them on Alpha and then throw them on live. Have we had a 625 patch? 
I don't remember if it was just 6.2 or 6.25. Because if the but patch... Warlords, uh, mid-end mid of Warlords? I don't think so. Because it feels like, you know, if the patch is going to run for like a year, they're probably, they could essentially have like a 9.25 where they could... I don't know, unlock all of the restrictions like they, they normally do. I'm or pretty sure they will have add, a 9 to 5. Yeah, or, or like add something to do an event, maybe unlimited time walking for Legion. Mage Tower? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe they can, <laughs> two expansions well, later, make a Mage Tower available all the time again. It's things like you could forgo doing like a full-on pre-patch and instead pull the dungeon forward and have that last for three months instead of for like for two weeks. Yep. Like uh, the, the scenario in Theramon, which was the lead up to was it mop yep. it was mop yeah and yep you had all of that content there for a while just do something like that get people into the new expansion because you're going to need to now right because this is supposed to be a, a, a closed book of a story you need to immediately drag them into whatever's coming next without just like the box out well hopefully uh some of them will listen uh, to this i think there's a uh a plethora of great ideas flowing around on, on these shows. And uh, I got to say, it was uh, another awesome talk and chat. Um, I think we can we can shortly wrap it up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just And I'm, I'm saying this just for the risk of things changing once again. And we post this shit on Monday. And by the time this is going live, everything we talked about may be already resolved or shit, right? Yeah, it's currently Thursday the 27th. So... Yeah. Yeah, I'll take this with, with a grain, with a grain of salt. Much at se- at 7.35 p.m., be careful. There <laughs> might be a PTR bill in Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but not, newspaper. nevertheless, I think the ideas and the solutions and the, the things the folks came up with are, are legit, especially when it, come, when it comes to like, you know, the keeping the, the Mythic Plus um, scene fresh, uh, keeping the, the latest patch fresh, you know, having, having all, all sorts of ideas and things. And... Uh, the, the crazy thing is a lot of the solutions um, partly have been proven they could work in the past. For example, we talked about the Mythic Plus uh, rotation stuff from previous expansions. That I think that's amazing to to be drawn in. But I'm not going to drag it on for for too long. Uh, thank you once again, uh, Giltius, Public, Mandel, Panthea, and WordUp. Uh, a pleasure uh, talking with you, gents, as always. And uh, thank uh, everybody for watching uh, or listening, uh, depending when uh, where you're uh, getting this content on. And also check the links in the description on the YouTube videos for all the boys. You know, there's Twitch TV over there. There's YouTube. There's Discords. All of that. And uh, we shall see you all when flame. Well, when, when the next <laughs> episode is going to be recorded, things with the PTR right now are crazy. Everything happens so quick, so it's kind of hard to make you know, a theoretical discussion about anything without having it be debunked uh, half a week later. But we're going to do our best to get uh, mo- many more things to talk about. Wait, 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 wait. So we have a, a, a break, break, break in from, from Panthea. Oh. Uh, uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Like and subscribe if you enjoyed this video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Take care, everybody. Bye. Hey. I've been loving it then, I still love it now Still, I play wild Still, I play wild Getting better every day, let me show you how Cause still, I play wild Still, I play wild It's getting harder to stay, but at the end of the day It's a guilty pleasure, so just log in and play Whether it's classical retail, I'ma do a slash bow Still, I play wild